Growing up in the church uh, since middle school, there have been a few different little uh, experiences, traditions that are unique to the church and those that grew up inside of it. Amongst those traditions are little songs, odd competitions, catchy phrases, and just approaches to faith and life that are, for lack of better words, different. For example, to help teach Bible stories, there are little jingles written about them to help kids know the stories a little bit better and to understand them. For our passage tonight, actually, there's a song, a little song, that was written and sung by kids many, many years ago and have been sung since, including me. The song goes like this. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree and for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in that tree, and as he said, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today, I'm going to your house today. Some of us may actually remember singing this song in, in children's church, and I'm sure if we get going, some of you could start joining along and singing. It was catchy easy to remember, and even when I was listening to it in the midst of sermon prep, I found myself bobbing along, singing it to myself. Um, I do that anyways, so it was no different. The story of Zacchaeus is a favorite in Sunday schools and children's church and just church in general. It is one that we have grown up with. In case you don't know the story, allow me to just set it up in a way, tell you a few different points before we delve into it. The story of Zacchaeus is this. While passing through Jericho, Jesus spots Zacchaeus, a short, wealthy tax collector perched in a tree, trying to get a good view of Jesus. After calling him down, that sounds awful, holy cow. After calling him down, he tells him that they are going to his, ho- to his home. Holy, just a second. I hate this thing. Cool. This is the story of Zacchaeus. While passing through Jericho, Jesus spots Zacchaeus, a wealthy, short tax collector, perched in a tree trying to get a good view of Jesus. After Jesus calls him down and tells him that they are going to his home, the crowd that was in their midst grumbled. And then Zacchaeus, after being with Jesus, states that he will be making financial repayment to any that he had stolen from. And Jesus declares that salvation is coming to this this house, that being Zacchaeus's, and that Jesus has come to seek and to save the lost. This is a story that we're very familiar with, and it's easy to just follow along and in reading it over and over and over and hearing it time and time again growing up. It's easy to find myself still chalking the story up to be simply another story of repentance. A man confronted with his sinfulness accepts the mercy of Jesus, changes his life in consequence to that. This is probably the most common way in which we read the story, but friends, I believe that the story is stating, retelling, and revealing that that same truth that coming in contact with Jesus in the midst of our brokenness can be powerfully and truthfully the catalyst to change in our lives and hearts. That that the change starts with pulling our focus away 
from ourselves and points it elsewhere. And then this story, this story of a tax collector is much deeper, though. And it's much more relatable than it seems. So will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, um, thank you for meeting us in this place. Thank you for this opportunity to stand before your kingdom and your people and hopefully usher in your name. Speak your name before mine even arises. Make yourself known in the, in the midst of these words. May they sit with us. May you call us by name and know us who we are and remind us of that in the midst of this. Thank you. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. For many, they think fame and fortune when they measure themselves. Um, fame and fortune is success. They think how well they do in their jobs, school, number of friends, prestige of internships, etc., etc. This is the measuring stick as to how they see how successful they are in life. However, at some point in life, most people come to realize that inner peace and soul deep satisfaction does not come from fame and money, but having lived a life based on integrity and noble character. The book of Proverbs says this, a good, man, a good name is, desire, is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than gold and silver. Jack Higgins, an author of successful, no, successful novels, who was asked, he was asked what he would like to have known as a boy, and his answer was this, that when you get to the top, there's nothing there. Zacchaeus, more than anyone else, probably knew this, better than anyone else especially. As the chief tax collector of Jericho, he surely was wealthier and more powerful than any of his Jewish neighbors. The chief tax collector was not a worker on a fixed salary. He was the sole owner of a business monopoly. The way this man made his money was to tax people more than they owed to the state, and however much more he taxed, that's how much he made. But all of his wealth probably didn't make him happy. He was hated by everyone in the city, not only because he overtaxed the people, but also because he was helping the Romans who had occupied the city of Jericho. He, he was helping them exploit and cripple his people, his peers. He was regarded as a traitor and as someone unclean before God. And when Luke it says that Zacchaeus was a man of short stature. He was not just referring to his physical shape. Everyone looked down upon Zacchaeus. He was a lonely, small man. And probably this is why Zacchaeus was fascinated with Jesus as he heard he was coming by. This man from Nazareth who enjoyed the goodwill and the loyalty of people around him. What was the secret to such popularity? For such a following, Zacchaeus wanted to find this out. How would he meet him, though? Would this popular teacher be willing to meet with him a worthless tax collector? So he decides to climb a tree and hide himself up there, probably hoping that no one would notice his presence. We don't know if, um, if anyone found him before Jesus spotted him, 
Luke doesn't say anything about that, but it is probable that someone in the crowd must have spotted him first. Can you imagine the shame and embarrassment he must have felt being spotted up in that tree, hiding, just trying to get a glimpse? The people must have jeered at him. Zacchaeus must have felt smaller than he actually was. But then all the jeering and giggling, the pointing, stopped when Jesus spotted him. A palpable hush fell among the crowd when the one that they were crowding around, that they were there to see, spoke. Zacchaeus, come down from a stay at your house today. Can you imagine the surprise and the joy of Zacchaeus? I'm sure he grew taller, two feet taller even, suddenly. The most important part of the story is the transformation that happens to Zacchaeus. He suddenly opens up, confesses his excesses, and publicly announces that he was going to correct his mistakes and pay back four times anyone that he had cheated. Did Jesus ask him of that? No. Did Jesus criticize or scold him to that point for his sins? No. No preaching, no moralizing, just the recognition of a man's worth. I'm asking to spend time with him. Apparently that is enough to change a man. Zacchaeus was no angel. This story isn't based around the innocence of a man that is pitted against a grumbling crowd. The story does but the story does suggest that Zacchaeus was in fact a very generous tax collector. Yet he was still ostracized by his fellow Jews and considered a traitor. That is why Jesus said in the vicinity of the crowd, in front of the crowd, today salvation has come to this house since he is also a son of Abraham. Jesus announces not just states or even tells him in the midst of his household, but he announces in front of everyone that salvation has come. And we still see very little change in Zacchaeus' life. He ran to Jesus, and he'll give back in response to what he has taken. And Jesus still just simply announces it, and the story moves on. He announces salvation. Friends, salvation is not something that we do something that God does for us perfectly in Christ. We come to this table as a community of love which is built on Christ, as it is a sure, sturdy foundation. As a result of Christ being in us, we are a community of inclusion, of reconciliation in a world where no one is perfect, in a world where people still make mistakes, in a world where people still participate in corrupt unjust ways of life. We cannot, we come not because we are perfect, but because God's perfect love is at work in us, calling us to reconciliation and peacemaking in his name. We are the community who who he has saved. He has needed to, sorry, we are the community who has been saved who has needed to be saved, and who has needed salvation proclaimed over and over and over us and worked in us by Jesus. Zacchaeus, perched in that tree, glancing between the leaves and branches, shifting back and forth. 
trying to get a glimpse of the man that many had spoken about. Zacchaeus, come down from that tree, for I must stay at your house today. I wonder how many times people use Zacchaeus' name without referring to him as a bad person, or people avoiding him for not wanting to be around him. His job, remember, is he's not someone that wants to be around him ever. I can only imagine the moment that Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name, telling him that he is wanted, and asked to come stand by Jesus' side. All of the years being a tax collector, lonely, ignored, acknowledged only by, acknowledged only when he was doing his job and nothing more, and surely uncertain of who he was and where his identity lie. Zacchaeus' community called him a sinner and nothing more. In their eyes, his life has been defined by his job, and he was nothing more than that. No matter how much money he made, how long until what everyone else thinks about you and what they say about you starts to sink in. How much do people need to dart their eyes and whisper about you on your way out the door? Zacchaeus. Oh, there goes Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. And every time his name is mentioned, that he is scolded, that the eyes dart away from him, his heart is pierced a little bit more, hurt a little bit more. It's said um, that the sweetest sound that will ever hit anyone's ears is the sound of his or her own name. And I wonder if Zacchaeus felt that way when Jesus called his name, the sweet sound of his name after how much he was looked down upon for such a long time. When Jesus called Zacchaeus down from that sycamore tree to tell him whom the Son of God, God saw him to be, Jesus said his name. And in saying his name, the king redeemed it. Here is a man joyful to, see, to greet the Son, a man that will throw away his dignity to just catch a glimpse of glory. A man longing for a new identity. A man needing a new start. A son of Abraham. A man longing to no longer be lost, rather to be found. Jesus knew his name, and he called, it by, he called him by name in front of the crowd. Friends, I stand before you a man unsure. Throughout the day, almost every single one, I remember my fears, my failures, and take them for truth and identity. I'm a man far too easily distracted by attention, idealism, and my own greed. Daily, I name myself my own things. I'm, I name myself as self-centered, lazy, unworthy of friends, family, and influence in anyone's life not good enough and simply afraid of so many different things. I name myself so often and this is why I'm a man who's unsure. In the midst of my uncertainty, uncertainty, this is where my identity lies. I am named by the King of Glory. He calls me down from my own tree, though. 
as I, try, I just try to get a glimpse of the son who's rescued me, I retreat to that tree, just as Zacchaeus did, to try and just catch a glimpse, not thinking I'm good enough to stand in his presence, deserving of his love and worthy of his attention. I hide in my uncertainty because that's all I believe I'm able to do. But rather, he calls me. He calls us. He names us so much more than our own self-prescribed identities. I pray each of you hear Jesus calling your name. No matter what crowd you're in, no matter what tree you're climbing, no matter how tall or short you are, I pray that you know what it means to hear him call your name. If you don't have a name tag on, please put one, please get one, because I would love to know yours. If anything, if I could get you one, just knowing the different things that we're called to be and that we are named as, you could put named as glory, named as in his image, I am named as loved. I am his love. I am his bride. I am to be known and known as I am named. I am very good, worthy of his time, and called. He calls us and he names us as so many different things. He recognizes us first and foremost as lost and named as we are found. You are recognized, named, and loved. While I pray, know that there are people willing to pray for you in the back. Will you pray with me?